This podcast is for PR pros who are looking to discover the best strategies for landing their dream retainer clients and scoring them top tier media coverage. I'm your host, Jen Burson, and I want you to have a fulfilling career in PR that totally lights you up without sacrificing your personal or family time or your sanity. Welcome to the Pitching Powerhouse Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about paid media placements. And wow, you guys, is this a hot button topic? When we started talking about this in Profitable PR Pros, and I posted about it a bit on Instagram, the comments were off the hook, like more than any other topic we've ever talked about. And I think the reason is because this is becoming so prevalent these pay-to-play opportunities that are coming either from the media outlets themselves or by people or agencies purporting to be PR firms like we are and offering these placements only if they are able to secure them will they ask for money, which is definitely um, outside the code of ethics for PR pros and is most certainly not the way that most PR professionals work. Um, You know, like the whole premise of the agency accelerator is predictable, consistent, recurring retainer revenue. And that is based on having a monthly fee and using our skills, our expertise to reach out to the media and secure timely, relevant stories for our clients. But things feel like they're shifting. And I thought that I was the only one feeling it. But apparently not, because wow, was this topic a hot a hot item in our community. Um, and I think so many of us PR pros are frustrated because we're providing this service that's really valuable, that takes expertise and skill and strategy. We have to really understand the client's goals, their objectives, who their target audience is. And it takes effort. And of course, results are not guaranteed. And that's how we typically work as PR professionals. But more and more, we're noticing either media outlets are offering pay-to-play. And this has been around for years. I mean, I've been doing this almost 17 years, and this has been something that has evolved. But media outlets offering paid placements is not new. Um, And I'll get a bit more into what those typically are and how they are changing just a bit. But the more kind of shady, yucky feeling kind of pay to play comes from these agencies. So I will dive into that because the biggest concern for us is when the clients start asking about it. You know, well, what is this other agency offering to me? I don't have to pay them unless they get a feature for me. So I'm paying you and results aren't guaranteed. So what's up with that? or as the uh, title of this podcast is, WTF is up with paid media placements. So let's dive into this, okay? The whole idea of pay-to-play media placements, it's becoming more and more prevalent. And I'm noticing it even in my Instagram DMs, probably two to three times a day, I'll get these shady, spammy accounts that will reach out and say, we'll get you in Business Insider, Forbes, 
Entrepreneur Magazine, and you don't call, you don't pay until we land your feature, and you have the opportunity to review your story before it's published. Um, hello. <laughs> We're all PR pros here. When have you ever had the opportunity to read a journalist's story, like a brand profile or something of the like, and kind of weigh in on their angle and what you wanted to say? Um, I don't think so. That never happens. That is an advertisement. That's a paid position when you have that much control over it. So, you know, it's shady and we're getting these hits in our DMs. Um, and I'm assuming that our clients are seeing them too. And so we always have to be ready to kind of explain what the difference is between those opportunities and what it is that we're actually doing. So I'm going to talk to you a bit about the two umbrellas of what pay to play media placements are or that they fall under, and then explain the difference and how we can get ahead of it with our clients and really set ourselves apart from also the kind of shady comms professionals who really aren't strategic and they're not really thinking about the client's goals and objectives. They're just looking for some kind of quick win, um, you know, that isn't even going to really have an impact or move the needle for their clients. So the two types of pay-to-play media placements, first are these paid opportunities from outlets. And some of them, I guess in the past, there used to be more that were kind of sneaky, where they would come up, this has been happening for years, and it's usually when you issue a press release or something like that, and you will get these opportunities, I should say, like, they seem like they're legit. They seem like they're these lifestyle segments or something um, pretty generic where they'll say, we're interested in talking to your client. And, you know, they'll start talking about the different markets that'll run in and all of those things. And then you get on the phone, your client's all excited. You know, sometimes it has a name that sounds kind of familiar and it sounds kind of legit. But when you dive in a little deeper, it's not you know, there's like one word that's a little off from like an actual major broadcast or major show. Um, and you get on the phone and they tell you that it's $7,500 to produce this segment and it's going to air in a certain number of markets. And it's pretty sneaky. This used to be more commonplace than it is now, but this is less detrimental to our industry because it's kind of like advertorial um, less detrimental than these kind of PR agencies promising guaranteed placements. Um, the more out in the obvious pay to play opportunities have come with the shift from traditional print and televised media and the advertisements that went along with them to obviously the big shift to digital and podcasts and, you know, brands and publishers with good traffic are looking to monetize in different ways. And, you know, it used to be complete separation of ad and editorial, no crossover, but now they're so intertwined. And there's oftentimes pay to play packages that we're negotiating where we'll do something on the editorial side. Maybe we'll get a newsletter inclusion or we'll sponsor a newsletter. Maybe they'll do an Instagram takeover um, as the brand or an expert for that publication. Um, maybe there's some kind of amplification they do of your feature, or lately we're even seeing pay-to-play gift guide opportunities. And those are less 
sneaky. I think it's more kind of the way that things are moving these days. But one of these uh, questions came up in the Facebook group. You're in the Profitable PR Post Facebook group, right? And if you're not, you definitely should be. That is where all the awesome action goes down with our incredible community of collaborative, supportive PR pros. And they ask great questions and we get great answers. Um, And somebody felt like they were uh, really discouraged by the kind of trend towards pay to play. And somebody had told her, to me, it sounds like a bitter old mean person um, who's not looking on the bright side of things, but said, PR is dead and it's all pay to play. Well, that is not the case, at least in my firm and at least in all of the firms of the members of our community. I mean, sure, we are offered paid opportunities. Um, We tell our clients that our ultimate goal is earned media. And then if opportunities for pay to play come up and they're the right fit and they're going to reach the target audience and they're going to further the client's goals and objectives, then we'll offer those opportunities up for their consideration. We'll kind of manage a budget. We'll work with the publisher to get a better package. So we're still adding value, okay? So that's the typical kind of uh, what media pay-to-play was. Sometimes they're sneaky. Sometimes they're more obvious. um, And now they're kind of more coming into like blurring the lines with editorial or there's like a package deal you can you can secure and you still get to add value as your comms strategist for your clients by getting a better package and you know more bells and whistles right but the one that seems to ruffle everybody's feathers is this kind of second type of pay to play and that is guaranteed placements from PR agencies Ugh, (laughs) like there's nothing more gross than that, okay? This is what our community is the most annoyed by. It's these other PR firms that are guaranteeing placements. And they're saying things like, our PR agency doesn't work on retainer. We're based solely on results. And um, we have an opportunity to provide you with a feature in Forbes magazine. And we can get that taken care of for you in just a few weeks, and you don't pay us until the feature runs. And you probably will, will have the opportunity to approve it beforehand. You know, they'll say something like, I'll land you in Forbes, Entrepreneur, or, or whatever. You know, we all know those business publications. And it'll cost $500 and you don't pay until, you, until we secure the feature. And I get it. It's really appealing to CEOs that are looking for ROI And it's this big problem with our industry being results not guaranteed as the baseline of what we're doing. It's just sort of the industry standard is that, you know, we don't guarantee results. So um, instead of the media outlet offering this kind of paid spot, it's a PR firm who is being shady about it. And this is kind of how these things are working. Um, A lot of these media outlets that they're typically looking to sell spots in, like Business Insider, Entrepreneur, Fast Company, Forbes, there are a lot of aspects of them that are pay to play. So yeah, they probably can offer an opportunity to an unsuspecting client. And then of course, they're 
up, they're offering an upcharge for the, um, the service to that PR firm when they place the story. But to me, it's a huge red flag if you have the opportunity to approve the, the piece ahead of time, because obviously we know as PR pros, we never, ever get to do that. That's a typical journalist has their angle, their idea for how they're going to write their article. And whomever is featured or quoted or used as a source in that article doesn't get to do anything more than fact check, just to confirm that the facts are accurate. You don't get to tell them the angle of their feature, how they're going to write about your brand, or be able to review it and approve it beforehand. That's a huge red flag, right? That is not journalism. That's not editorial. That is pure advertising. That's pay to play. So the agency-driven pay-to-play opportunities, they're a bit newer, and they're really hurting our industry. It kind of happened when publications were looking for high volume of content and they brought in contributors. Most of the contributors we work with are incredible and they're extremely ethical. And we actually had the pleasure of inviting Dr. Cheryl Robinson into uh, the Pitch Lab, which is my membership community that teaches you how to become a pitching powerhouse. And this was one of our most popular master classes. She's a regular contributor to a major media outlet, and she broke it all down to us and let us know that they they have to sign a terms and conditions that um, they're agreeing to, and the publication she writes for takes it very seriously. I mean, when we promoted her coming into our community, we had certain things we couldn't say, and we absolutely you know, abided by those rules and standards. Um, You know, she's able to promote her contributor affiliation in a very specific way. And we didn't want to, you know, step on any toes. Um, And she let us know that these paid opportunities, it, you know, they're coming from contributors um, who are basically using their um, access and they're charging for it. And the agencies have these connections. These are not real features. And what tends to happen is it's pretty easy to sniff them out. Um, The publications catch wind of it and they delete all of the content. They'll cancel that writer's access and, you know, eliminate their contributor status and they will delete all of their content. So now you have a client that has paid money for something that doesn't exist. If they're linking to it, the links are broken. Um, You know, there are pay to play opportunities there. Maybe there is ad space that um, certain people are buying at wholesale and then they're selling at retail to uh, brands and companies for coverage. But the problem is that um, sponsored stories have a much, much lower reach, the traffic is much lower, and there's virtually no social amplification. There's been studies that have shown that, or I mean, data that has been published that has shown that. It's like, doesn't even compare. So they're not even getting seen. It's really just like a feather in their cap, even though it's not really genuine. Sometimes they can just say as seen on Forbes or as seen on Business Insider, but it's not a genuine editorial. 
Um, and you know, they're not all like business insider does have pay to play, but it's not all pay to play. I had a really, really nice favorable article run about my transition from law to PR in business insider. Um, you know, and they interviewed me and some things that I said that I wasn't too happy about how they published it. I had no choice. Um, they asked for certain information. She had an idea about how she wanted to position the story. And I just answered her questions and the article ran and I couldn't go back and say, well, don't, you know, feature it this way. Um, you know, it just wasn't like there were things highlighted that I was like, well, that's not that important to my journey, but okay. Like it made it sound a little different than it actually was. Like the idea was still the same, but there were certain details that were kind of amplified that weren't that important to the story. But either way, that was a pure earned media opportunity. I reached out to a writer that covers career transitions. I pitched my story and she agreed to cover it and I didn't pay for that. And I still get traffic from Business Insider. I still get people mentioning that they read about it on Business Insider. So it is powerful, but when you have a paid placement, it is obvious. It has really no value in terms of generating traffic, bringing new customers. And most of the time, these PR firms that are offering this have zero awareness of their you know, client strategy, their key messaging. They don't have a foundation for what they're doing, who their client's target audience is, how to reach them. So, you know, communications cannot and should not be compelled by these short-term successes of just like a single article, a single feature, um, you know, whether it's paid or organic. And good comms professionals like us, like all of us care about strategy. We care about good storytelling. We care about key messaging, aligning with your target audience and connecting with them, creating demand. Um, and, you know, really good clients care about that stuff too. And, you know, there's a code of ethics in PR that we should all subscribe to. Um, and this definitely falls outside of the code that we all agree to operate under. And we definitely are working on retainer. And the goal is to try to get earned media. And that means that we're aligning with clients' strategy, messaging, great storytelling. And when you're guaranteeing a feature, these agencies are just paying for wholesale real estate on these websites and you know, offering them for a higher fee. Um, and not only is it wrong, but the, the outlets, they're not making money off of this, really. Um, they don't like this. And as soon as they realize that a contributor is selling space, like I said, they'll knock them out and they'll delete all of their content. And what ends up happening is the brands, the companies that participated in those tactics are essentially blacklisted. Um, they never get featured again. And so when you start working with a new client, you have to do your due diligence and poke around and see where they've been featured. Um, you know, sometimes it's worth asking too, you know, what have you worked with another PR firm and why are you looking to make a change and really try to figure out where the disconnect was or what went wrong. But you can also poke around and see if they have participated in any of these paid media features because it's going to make your job harder 
because as easy it is for you to find those features, journalists will look around too and they'll say, oh, this company's kind of shady. They did this pay to play and I don't want to, I don't want to feature them because they're kind of shady. So know that if they participated in those tactics before you start started representing them, it may have an impact on your ability to get them featured. Um, yeah. And the other thing that this was a topic that we did last week that some PR firms are kind of wrongly doing is guaranteeing their clients a certain number of placements. And maybe it's not specific outlets. So they're maybe offering like one top tier and two mid tier and like who even, you know, gets to decide what's what. But the strategy we're seeing is that they are issuing a press release and it gets picked up by all these odd, you know, like these really odd shady, like NBC in Milwaukee, Wisconsin ran it in its entirety on their website you know, big deal or some, we've had something get picked up in India and we have seen PR firms that will print a, a report based on the distribution of this press release. And they'll be like, see, look at all the press we got you. Um, no, that is not true earned media. That doesn't count. These are low quality outlets. They have zero impact for the client. Um, the actual value of this work is essentially zero. Right. But for a client that needs some kind of a vanity number or like a PR firm that's just going to talk about quantity instead of quality, maybe that looks impressive. I don't know. For me, I'd rather have a few key outlets that are going to connect with the target audience and really move the needle versus a ton of just completely irrelevant BS that won't get your client anything. Um the other thing too, this doesn't happen so much anymore, but some PR firms are going to offer services a la carte and allow clients to pay a certain dollar amount per placement. Um, and we obviously recommend not pricing your services this way. And that's like the core, that's honestly the core foundation of the agency accelerator. The entire framework I teach that's focused around four pillars, strategy, sales, service, and scale the entire foundation of this um, formula is for consistent, predictable, recurring retainer revenue. Getting a one-off a la carte you know, fee per placement, it doesn't work for you and it doesn't work for your client. Your value as a PR pro is so much more than that. It's just so much more than that. And you know, your goal is to get this kind of um, ongoing attention for your clients in a wide variety of outlets that will connect with their target audience um, and have consistent messaging over and over. Um, you know, so much of getting these placements is out of our control and only getting paid when you get a placement is not a winning strategy because it's going to encourage you to just think very narrow going to encourage you to focus on one thing until you get paid. And that doesn't benefit the client either. Plus, we're getting so many opportunities come our way. And if a client is only going to pay us, um, you know, for things that they want, like one key feature, they're going to miss out on the benefit of our insider info and our connections in their niche. So they're not going to get their hat thrown in the ring for these other opportunities. It, and also, by the way, when a client says, well, I only want to pay 
for the placements you get, you can say, that's not how we run our agency. Or at least have that in the back of your mind. The client does not get to come in and tell you how you charge for your services. Right? That's just not how it's done. You don't get to tell your hairdresser how much you want to pay for a haircut. They have a fee. You get a haircut. You pay the fee. Um, you know, and it's just, uh, it's not the client's role to tell you how you run your business. We run our business based on retainer and that's to the advantage and it benefits the client because they get so many more opportunities just being affiliated with us and, you know, our contacts and expertise in their niche. And again, that's why it really matters and has such a benefit for you to niche down. Okay, it all ties together. You guys can't, probably can't see me, even though I am recording a video. I don't know where it goes, but uh, I'm putting my hands together in a sort of connected fashion because it all ties together. When you niche down, you have value you add in other ways for clients. So getting paid per placement, it doesn't help you and it doesn't kind of uh, pay for your expertise and the value you're bringing. And it doesn't really help your clients maximize their opportunities. Um, another way this kind of comes up is that you can actually pay large outlets to become an expert contributor. So this is becoming more and more prevalent. Different, uh, mostly business outlets are um, offering this and you pay a fee, so they'll charge you and allow you to write content on their website. And it's typically like three to $5,000 a year. Sometimes they're called, you know, the council, like the Forbes council or, you know, uh, whatever, like entrepreneur um, panel or, you know, guest experts or whatever. And they're vetted, supposedly. And um, what this allows you to do is have a platform and it potentially does give you credibility. And these outlets, they supposedly vet people when they apply. And then they're supposed to not overlap with expertise. So if there's somebody that's focused solely on um, sharing content around brands, securing their own press, there won't be two people that are talking about that same topic. So if there's two PR professionals, maybe the other one focuses on something different. So the content doesn't overlap because they want to ensure that there's one expert on each topic. Um, this could potentially be something that you offer to your clients as a service and you apply for them to become a contributor and then you can write and post the articles for them, right? But again, it's a pay-to-play deal and it isn't as valuable as true earned media. I mean, yes, you get the cachet of being on Forbes or Business Insider or Newsweek, but you are still paying for that opportunity. So think about it. You know, you're paying to get access to write them articles. Can you imagine how frustrated traditional journalists must be at this concept? <laughs> right? I mean, they're, they're, they're pros and they're, you know, barely getting paid and they have to churn out content. And here you are paying for the opportunity to write free articles for these publications. I think as a PR pro, there is probably nothing um, that would frustrate a journalist more than that. So you better kind of be careful because they probably, you know, you'll pitch them and they'll be like, why don't you write about it since you're a contributor? I don't know. I'm just I'm just guessing. But it's kind of an odd uh, turn of events. Um, you know, so 
this comes up when clients um, start asking us, you know, what is it with this? And how do we combat this type of kind of sneaky, under the radar, unethical behavior? What if a client sees that other PR firms are offering guaranteed placements and they want to know why you aren't offering the same thing? Well, first and foremost, client education is it's paramount. It is the most important thing. You have to remind clients of what they hired you to do. And it is a skill. It is a skill. And granted, we can improve our skills all the time. We can hone our skills. It's one of the reasons why I created the Pitch Lab so that we can help PR professionals continue to hone their skills, stay on top of trends, always have evergreen pitch ideas with our monthly execution plans. You know, but it is our job to be a storyteller, to craft compelling pitches and really secure true earned media. That's the value of what we are providing to our clients. And yes, results aren't guaranteed and that's the industry standard, but we have to make clients know this, that our goal is ongoing attention from the media, not just a quick shot in the arm or a one-off hit that doesn't um, connect with their target audience. It doesn't really do anything about you know the brand or share anything relevant that's going to actually move the needle or bring in new customers or anything. It's just a little quickie thing that doesn't have you consistently in the eyes of the media and getting you covered over and over and over again. That's our job. We always tell clients during a discovery call that we require a six-month minimum because we want clients to really commit to PR because it takes time to build momentum, to start to secure things and see those efforts come to fruition. And our clients have the most success when they use PR as an ongoing strategy in their business. And, you know, because you can get one feature, it is not going to move the needle. It really isn't. You know, yes, there's those rare golden unicorns like Oprah or something that is like, if you land Oprah on your first, you know, first uh, opportunity to pitch the media, like good for you, but pretty, pretty uncommon. Um, But things like that, you know, do move the needle. But most of the features that you're landing are not that. You work up to that. You build momentum and you build on the results you've gotten and you continue to help the brand stay relevant. You know, if you get one feature, it's like talking about a product. If you get multiple ongoing features, you're building a brand. You know, you're creating brand awareness and brand recognition. Um, And, you know, this is like the first thing we talk about on a discovery call. It's really letting them know that true earned media is a skill. It's an effort of trial and error. Um, It really relies on us to use our expertise, our media contacts, our deep industry know-how because we niche down and that's the value we're providing to them. And it's all about client education, just making sure that their understanding of what we do and their expectations are aligned with reality. Otherwise, you're going to breed client dissatisfaction. Um, And we also found that most large clients understand that results aren't guaranteed 
And they also know that those pay-to-play opportunities aren't so legit because they're looking for more. They understand that to be effective and have an impact, there needs to be more. It can't just be one, like a one-off feature. Um, And it's quote-unquote feature because they're not actually features. It's like advertorial. So if you're struggling to work with clients who have unrealistic expectations, it could be a sign that you need to set your sights a little higher and aim higher to work with more high-end, sophisticated clients because they tend to appreciate you. They're willing to pay for your expertise. They understand that the the, um, expertise you bring to the table, the contacts, your industry know-how is valuable to them and they're going to benefit from it and they're willing to pay you for that and they tend to leave you alone. They will appreciate you more. So part of this is vetting your clients. Um, When we had a discussion about this in the Profitable PR Pros community, we had a member um, commenting that in real time that she had a prospective client call and she said something about them arguing with her about how they wanted their media features to be paid for and in what order they wanted to have them come out. And it's like, well, dude, we can't do any of that. Um, And it's really about like, if you want to call the shots like that, you need to tell your clients that's not editorial, that's not earned media, that is advertising. If you want to have control over the message, the copy, the artwork, the timing, the placement, the size, that's advertising. And that is not what we do. Right. So, you know, you have to vet clients before you take them on to make sure they're a good fit for you just as much as you are for them and that they really understand the value of PR and how it works, what goes into it. You know, it's a highly technical skill and brands, experts, you know, they pay a lot of money for the service because it does take a very skilled person to be effective. So, um, you know, I I want you to confidently reply to your clients if they ask you about this and let them know that these pay-to-play opportunities are shady. They are detrimental to their brand. If the outlet sees that they participated in a pay-to-play, um, that's not, you know, sanctioned or presented by the outlet themselves, but by a third party basically selling space, It'll get deleted and they'll be blacklisted and it does happen, Um, you know, and so I just want you to be able to share that information with clients so that they know what they're getting into and that with you, you're a highly skilled pitching powerhouse, bringing it full circle, baby, and they can count on you because you are going to take their goals, their objectives their messaging, their target audience, and build a strategy around it. And that is valuable to them. You know, that is what is going to actually move the needle for them. So, you know, be confident in your ability to secure amazing results for your clients, even if you're not guaranteeing those results. Okay, that's okay. That's an industry standard. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Pitching Powerhouse podcast. If you're ready to up-level your pitching skills so that you can provide stellar services to your clients, you should think about joining the Pitch Lab. 
check out the link in the episode description to learn more. So the Pitch Lab is this awesome, incredible monthly membership experience where you will get the proven formula for crafting PR pitches that actually convert and get tons of strategic, timely pitch angles so you never run out of pitch ideas again. Oh, and you also get access to incredible monthly execution plans that save you hours of time and include irresistible pitch angles that the media cannot ignore. With relevant and timely strategies and topics for PR coverage during current events, holidays, monthly awareness observances, say that fast three times, seasonal events, and more, you'll be able to create PR content that makes your clients stand out, even if you are new to PR. So check out the link in this episode's description to learn more. And as always, be sure to tune into next week for another incredible episode packed with the insights you need to become a pitching powerhouse.